Welcome to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, your home for everything related to marathon canoe racing. Now, it's time to get your paddles wet with your hosts, Kevin Olson and Bill Mahaffey. Take it away, boys. Welcome back, marathon canoe racing fans, to the Canoe Race World podcast. I am your host, Kevin Olson, and joined, as always, by my co-host, Bill Mahaffey. How are we doing today, Bill? We are doing fantastic today, Kevin. It was in the 70s, which is like a miracle here along the Asabo Valley of late. I know it's nothing for you down in Florida, but hey, we'll take it. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's sunny in Florida, so, you know, I can't complain there. But yeah. um, Rub it in. When it's like 102 with like 9,000% humidity, I'll yeah. be enjoying it up here. Oh, for sure. You guys you guys have I, – I, I will give it to you. You guys have better weather during the summer um, for sure. So That's right. All three weeks of it. <laughs> hey, it's, hey, it makes you, makes you enjoy the time even more. So um, – well, we want to get right to the action, Bill. First, we have to mention we have a uh, uh, two-time guest on the show. Uh, ben Schlimmer has joined us again. How are we doing today, Ben? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. So we have an action-packed episode could end up being two episodes because we have so much content to cover in today's episode, guys. So um, we are going to be giving you all the lowdown on this spring so far and the rest of the upcoming season. There have been a lot of developments um, since our last podcast. So we are going to be covering, we're going to first start off with General Clinton news. Then we're going to talk about um, we got a lot of race recaps to do. We're going to talk about Texas Water Safari, and then we're going to finish it off with a marathon. So, depending, we're going to we've listened to you guys' feedback. We're going to keep the episode um, to a nice length, and then um, if we can't cover everything, we're going to release this in two episodes for you guys. So that way, you guys can get all this canoe action talk and uh, enjoy enjoy listening to three guys babble about canoe racing so it's highly technical highly technical babbling technical so um why don't we get right into it the um we are two weeks out from what would have been uh traditional uh general clinton which is now going to be a virtual general clinton so um this was one of the things that the i talked to um John Harmon, the the head of the um, race committee, because he wanted to actually um, clear the air on what happened uh, with everything. And so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a the background on what actually went down with the Clinton. But for those of you that don't know, um, General Clinton is virtual. So you have between, I think it's between Friday and Monday of the weekend um, to post a time. You got you to gotta sign up and register. Um, and it's to cover insurance for it and stuff. Um, but it will give you a, an official finish if you can provide a GPS track, like via Strava or Garmin, um, you know, showing that you did the full, the full course over, you know, the course of a single day. Um, and, yeah, so 
Yeah, basically, Strava didn't happen, right? That's exactly. Strava didn't happen. Exactly. So, yeah, it's 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 you know it's interesting how uh, these uh, social fitness platforms are you know becoming so popular in just in you know endurance sports in general, um, but because of the pandemic, how they've really had to you know expand in use and everything. So. Um, for some people that do the general Clinton, they have no clue about this stuff. So that's kind of like a, a new barrier for them um, for this. But um, for a lot of us, it's just what you do. You just record. Mine automatically gets updated. I, you know, I couldn't tell you how many things I have on Strava. But um, so yeah. So let's 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 chit chat about what actually went down. So. Um, there was a lot of, of talk about what was going to happen and, and what didn't happen. So um, it was the committee's intention to do the full 70. Um, and they were uh, working diligently to um, give everyone a full 70. And they were holding out hope even to the last bitter moment until they had to make the call. And so uh, they apologized that it, it, it took um, the length of time it did, but that's because they were they were working to try to give us a traditional 70. So um, what ended up happening is they have a, a contact that they work with at the start line at Brookwood uh, Point, and they um, work with them to you know, solidify the start. They did not like the, they need to then provide a revised safety plan and uh, basically to adhere to more um, COVID guidelines and things of this nature. So they did that. They went back, they went back to the drawing boards. They figured out a way to um, do it, you know, COVID friendly. And they had it all set. They had it all set. And the person that runs Brookwood Point was, was all on board for it. The issue um, is that Brookwood Point's owned by a land trust, so there's a board that this had to get approved by, and it got voted down by the board. Okay, and so at that point, they then uh, attempted to try to um, get anywhere on the lake to host. Um, to, to let them do the start there. They went to like the Otisaga, um, they went to Cooperstown, you know, to try the, the old start where it was. So um, needless to say, they, they started, they tried a couple of different um, places uh, on the lake when it, none of them were willing to, uh, to take them. So um, at that point, they then even you know, looked at um, trying to go and start something on Goodyear Lake. So they looked at venues for starting Goodyear Lake to try to salvage. Because at that point, you can't have a, a traditional 70 because it has to, you know, it has to start on the lake. And then, uh, so then they went and looked at places on Goodyear Lake and, um, you know, very and unsuccessful there. And then, um and then uh, Bob Zavril was going to be gracious enough to let them use 
uh, ZRE uh, for starting point. And then the issue became with actually at the finish line. So at the finish line, um, because of the, you know, how the finish line activities were, were going, they needed to also adhere to um, all the COVID um, restrictions at the finish line, which, you know, entail, you know, only having 30% capacity for outdoor events and everyone has to have provided a test or be vaccinated um, and it doesn't matter if how old you are, all children have to be tested. And, um, they just did not think that that was, um, going to be doable. So they t- were trying to basically, they wanted to, to see if they could just, you know, go, you know, put some, put some guidelines out there and, and do it. But that is, um, uh, the, um, that did not get signed off on either. So at that point, they didn't have the official start and they didn't have the official uh, end. So that is the reason why they said it's now going to be morphed into something that does not resemble the General Clinton. So the best thing to um, keep in the spirit of the General Clinton would be to hold it virtually. So that is why it went to uh, a virtual event this year, so it's it, it, it's interesting. It really, to me, not not only the COVID aspect of it, but it really highlighted the importance of preservation of access to the waterways for events of this nature. Um, the essentially the start was shut out due to lack of access. The finish as well, lack of permission for access to depart the water in Bainbridge. Um, you guys would be more familiar, but the isn't there technically one of the portages in there that's on private property as well that's just kind of been unwrittenly used over the years? Yeah. I mean, Ben, Ben, do you want to touch in on this? Because you might know more than me. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard... Uh, I've never had like a, a personal conversation with a landowner, but the, I believe the first portage, you know, behind the hospital there in Cooperstown, um, mm-hmm. that's on private property. But, you know, since the race has been going on for, you know, 60s or years, close to 60 years or whatever it's been doing, you know, we just mm-hmm. use it every year. And it's just kind of an understanding between the race and the homeowner or the landowner that that's just what happens on Memorial Day. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it may behoove that race to try to get some type of a, like an agreement in perpetuum at some point in junction, because that would be a real shame to have the, what, what would happen if somebody else bought that and said, no, you can't use that strip for, for the portage. Right. Yeah. You make a good point. It would be tough. It, you know, and it's, it's not just the race that uses, uses the river, but you know, there's, there's canoe liveries up there in Cooperstown and, you know, it's, it's a fairly well. Is it fairly well traveled portage there? Yeah. Portage and piece of land. So, you know, if, if that did come, I mean, not not saying that it could never happen, but make a good point. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's just interesting. We, we kind of have the same thing in Michigan with the access at the start. Um, the, 
only thing that would save us would be if if Rays were to ever you know tell us to pound sand. Um, we'd probably end up running right over the bridge in town and getting in there on the state police post side. Um, right. But yeah, it's it, it's interesting that as Kevin was sorry to take, go on that tangent, but as Kevin was explaining that, I was thinking to myself, man, that what. What happens if the Clinton gets locked out of the start and then that that portage there? That could that that I mean that really could end the the, the Clinton. Honestly, I mean that's the swamp is one of the most crucial parts of the race. Um, it'd be it'd be it, you'd be I don't know what would happen. Honestly, yeah, interesting. Well, hey, so is there a is there a social media group or anything where people that are interested in getting together and paddling together for the Clinton over that weekend? Uh, is there anything out there that we could share? Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a seventy no matter what I think it's called uh, group. Uh, a guy named uh, Duke Fisher uh, is uh, started it up, and uh, it does look like it looks like a, a good a good amount of people are going to try to go on Sunday. Um, instead of uh, Monday, um, are you? Uh, hey Ben, are you uh, planning on doing it? Or yeah, yeah, I, I am planning on doing it. Um, I'm not currently registered, um, mm-hmm. but I believe I'm going to do it with my uh, my 70 partner. Or we were supposed to do the real 70s here, uh, Jake uh, from uh, Oneana. But, nice. um, but yeah, we're planning on doing using it as at least a training run or something to get some time in the boat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's something that, and that's a, a whole nother aspect that, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize is, yeah, I'm unfortunately not able to travel up for it, but I was actually talking to my wife about it today, um, that it's a, it's a really good time frame, uh, in the scheme of a buildup for, uh, the marathon, um, where the Clinton sits in regards to the marathon that being a, a long effort, you know, um, and for a lot of us, that's going to, that might be the longest effort, uh, prior to the marathon, you know, um, so not having it, it's, you gotta, you gotta think about your training. If you're planning on doing the marathon a lot more, if you're not gonna, you know, if you're not gonna, you know, go and, uh, hit the Susquehanna for 62 miles. Yeah, for sure. And then what's the, Ben, what's the mental mindset going into it, knowing that it isn't an actual race race? I mean, how, as a, as a long training run, you got to stand on it some, but how much do you really stand on it? Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely different going into it this year. You know, like I haven't, I haven't gone into, you know, the weekend with the same intensity in my training and things like that. But um, typically, like Kevin just said, typically you kind of, use if you do the clinton you kind of and you're doing the marathon you know the double typically you almost use the the 70 as like a as a jumping off point towards your build up for for the marathon you know it's like your first long intense real long intense training run you know of the summer but you know that being said you know you can't it's hard to replicate that you know race mentality and that intensity and training so uh, you have to try to trying to incorporate that elsewhere now yes somehow elsewhere exactly exactly yeah for sure so now uh speaking about racing 
why don't we um, touch on, there's been a, a lot of, so like we're, Normally, we would be. This would be like a pre-Clinton. Let's let's chat on what the teams look like and and um, all that type of uh, uh, chatter. But we don't have that because it's you know like it's just for the finish. So it's not about time um, or anything like that. And a lot of no, there's not that many people that are going to travel afar, from afar for it. So. Um, that puts us in like a little bit of a lull because we would normally be in this lull um, as the the wind down getting ready for the Clinton. Um, but we had all of our big uh, spring uh, races already. So why don't we why don't we touch on that? Um, we we want to go over Canton, Wessels, and Roscommon. Which one we want to hit up first, guys? Actually, before before we jump off there, um, yeah. I do want to give a quick shout out to um, one event that's happening over uh, the weekend. Well, the General Clinton weekend that's typically on Friday, um, mm-hmm. and it's being held on Friday again this year, uh, which is the Generation Gap. Um, and for those who, who you don't know, um, that's mm-hmm. a, kind of like a youth race where the kids race from Sydney to Bainbridge for three miles and 30 odd minutes, but that's still going on this year. Um, there's online registrations. So if you go to canoeregala.org, you can sign up for that and, um, you know, at least race a couple miles on the weekend officially yeah. and get a time <laughs> and awards and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, yeah, that's, that's a, thank you for circling us back yes. on that. That's a yes, pretty, thanks. yeah. Yeah. That's something awesome that event we... to grow the future of the sport, right? For sure. For sure, that's something like uh, like that and the scout races. They they definitely need to be uh, mentioned more often, and uh, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Ben. So, um, yeah. So, uh, you you've you've uh, won a couple of those races, haven't you, Ben? <laughs> yeah, usually uh, uh, the generation generation gap is kind of um kind of the low. I'll I'll call it like the introduction to the racing weekend for the general clinton you know and mm. you know and typically uh typically some of the pros if you want to call it that pros show up and race with their kids or race with you know friends kids or something like that and it can be pretty you know if, if you're racing in a pro boat and you're all pretty competitive you can go out there and just you know put the hammer down so it's like who can go the fastest for 30 minutes <laughs> right <laughs> hey, even i have 30 minutes has- in me come on now yeah, everybody else says, you know, man, at, you get done on that race, and it's like, man, this is harder than the Clinton ever is because <laughs> you're going full gas for 30 minutes, and it's just that, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> right. If it was a 30-minute race, I'd blow up 26 minutes in. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I've, I've raced it with a variety of different people. You know, I used to do it with Alec Davis, and we had a rivalry going with Jeff Schultes and his nephew Josh Schlafer for a couple years, and you know, we were going back and forth, and we'd win one year, and Jeff and Josh would win another year. And then these last couple of years, I've been racing with Trevor Lefevre, my partner in the 70s. He's got two daughters, and uh, so I've been racing with one of the daughters, and Trevor's been racing with the other daughter. So, you know, <laughs> so we've been battling back and forth over the last few years, and, and the girls get into it, too. You know, they have a, a little bit of a rivalry going on, on as well, so... <laughs> I think awesome. I think Kendall and I have a, actually yeah, we were we won two years in a row so got a little streak going. <laughs> oh nice! So so are you going for the trifecta? Are you going for the three P? <laughs> you might have to. I'll have to talk to Trevor about it. 
yeah, I, I'd lock that in and make sure that you've got it cemented. Sounds like she's solid. Oh, yeah. How's <laughs> about, girl? <laughs> well, that that is that's just awesome. So, um, we'll we'll be uh, maybe we'll have to have you back on so you can uh, tell us about the race recap of the generation gap. Oh yeah, biggest race of the year. Biggest race of the year. Um, but yeah, so talking about Susquehanna races, we had two uh, so far this year. Um, Ed Wessels um, was recent, but let's. Uh, you guys want to talk about Canton first? Yeah, we could do Canton for sure. It was a different look this year without our friends from the other side of the border. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Ben, uh, Ben had a pretty good showing, I would say. He, uh, came in, uh, second in the pro men's. You want to talk us, uh, tell us a little bit about the, um, Canton overall, Ben, and, and how it went down? Yeah, sure. Um, so, a lot, a lot like the many races this year, you know, the format was a little bit different. Instead of being a a two-day event if it was a one-day event um, with limited capacity. So, you know, of course, our Canadian friends weren't there. Uh, so, but a couple people from Michigan managed to come out, Mike Davis, um, Rebecca, Bruce. So it was nice to see them and some, you know, not just the same old faces that you see every weekend. But, but yeah, it was good. It was, it was, a, it was a good weekend. I, I ended up being pretty cold, actually. Um, you never know what kind of weather you're going to get up north, but I think uh, during race day we had it was like 35 degrees, a little bit of a wind, and there was luckily luckily we had some sun. So once you started racing, it wasn't wasn't that bad. But mm-hmm. but typically Canton is like one of the most well participated uh, races, especially the C1 race um, in New York State outside of the General Clinton. So I think in the in the C1 this year we had 13, maybe 25 boats or so in the C2 you know 15 or 20 but mm-hmm. um, but Mike Davis he uh, he retained his title from uh, 2019 of course given that 2020 was canceled but he won the C1 uh, world champion world championship jacket defended that successfully that's right you get a jacket for that one right yeah it's very coveted (laughs) that yes i'm kind of jealous that's uh, not that it ever be at that level but yeah that's pretty awesome yeah it's 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 like winning it's like winning the generation gap it's like if you win the KNC one you know you got bragging rights for a whole year <laughs> in, um, in 40 yeah. years we'll see one of those jackets on ebay you know when Mike gets hard times <laughs> like a world series ring exactly uh now now ben uh, tell us a little bit about the format so they did the c1 first and then the c2 second correct yeah yeah they followed a format that's more like like kind of like the michigan style format where you have um, C1, C2, all on the same day, back to back. So mm-hmm. uh, they started out with the C1 um, in the morning, um, and it was a it was a modified course as well. Um, so since they're running two races in one day, they decided to shorten shorten the mileage in both events. So I think the the C1 ended up being uh, around eight miles, just under eight miles maybe. Um, and it, you know, it started downstream the same as normal. If you're familiar with uh, with the old course, 
you know, you go around the buoy and then we headed back upstream instead of going all the way to, i'll say the top buoy the normal top buoy spot you know we went upstream maybe i think it was about two miles maybe three miles and then you turn around a buoy before you got to the rock garden headed back down gotcha. past the start finish line and then um then from there you went up the little river and that was nice it was nice being at least having that part of the race because that's like the kind of like the signature part of the canton race you know you get a little Sig- bit of the, everything the signature signature section yeah it's really tough the little river much you know it says in the name you know it's very narrow it's twisty turny you know sometimes fast flowing uh, it certainly was this year the water was pretty high but um but yeah we went went up the little river uh we went just up to the to the uh bridge there's a bridge maybe mm-hmm. a mile upstream uh did a quick buoy turn headed back down and then um came back out to the grass river the big river and then finished at the, at the at the park but all in it took maybe i think it took mike about an hour 15 hour 10 minutes something like that so yeah the, significantly shorter than the normal two plus hour race yeah the, the official time was uh 6 uh, yeah so, um, how, how did ben how did it play out doing the the michigan style both races same day like was there a noticeable drop off for some of the people that raced in both you know c1 and c2 versus the people that were just fresh for one or the other (laughs) well i i will say i I certainly felt you know some some fatigue from racing you know racing my butt off (laughs) in the c1 right yep yeah racing my ass off in the c1 race and then having to jump in c2 an hour later you know and having to do it all over again but yeah, the um, uh, pretty much everybody did the C1 race. Who went and did the C2 pro, pro race as well. Uh, I think except for Ryan yeah. Zav and Ryan Halstead, they they just did the C2, which they ended up winning by a comfortable margin. I'll say. I mean, I think it was more than a minute, but it was a minute start. minute three seconds. Ah. Uh, Okay. I'm looking at the you're, results. Hey, right you're now. you're technically right. Okay, just because he's fact checking, <laughs> minute three is still more than a minute. He's got the results in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it's hard it's hard to say. You know, if there, if there really is a you know you know a big effect if you do one race versus another, another of course. But depends, I think it depends more on your training and on where your mileage is in the boat and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know personally, I haven't been putting a a huge amount of value in the boat just because the Clinton isn't going on this year. So, you know, I had I had a good hour and a half, two hours of racing in me, even after that I was pretty much smoked. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that that that's always a real it's a, it's an interesting now most people here double up when they when they travel and do those races like that. Um we've got one coming up in Ann Arbor is like that. And it's you always go out, race to see one. Everybody spends it it's a shorter race so it's only maybe i i think the i think the winner is like 42 44 minutes that was like 48 minutes in 2019 but then you go do the c2 race and about an hour into the c2 race you're like oh why did i do this this was (laughs) this was really really dumb and and before that we had uh port huron it used to always be you know early june weekend after clinton stuff like that that was the same way but it compounded like insane travel to get from Northern Michigan to Port Huron. 
um, followed up with a C1, C2 combo race. Um, but there they would go C2, C1. Um, mm. And I'll never forget my first year with that one. I made a mistake. Um, and my wife was telling this story to Jeff Kolka when my daughter was taking the youth paddling program here when Kolka would put it on. And Kolka interrupts her and goes, he ate the pizza between, didn't he? <laughs> and she went, yep, that's exactly. But that, they, they've always got pizza, and you learn real quick, don't eat the pizza between the two races, man. At least for me, it just didn't work. <laughs> Apparently, it didn't work for Kolka once, too. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's a little bit of a heavy meal to have um, in between two races. Yeah. Now, that's that's kind of the opposite of uh, me and Ben were talking about it, and, and um, Ben said that he didn't really eat at all. In between the races and that that's gonna be a, a recipe for disaster as well <laughs> yeah call it call it call it an experience but you know, I, didn't, I think i had i think i had a goo between the two races or maybe i just haven't you know raced in so well it feels like a long time since 2020 didn't really happen in in my life in my world but <laughs> it's like yeah i didn't eat anything just kind of went out raced again and and just regretted it. <laughs> so, so we've narrowed the range down. It's somewhere between a goo and a lot of pizza. <laughs> the two extremes. The two, yeah. Those, those, are the, those are the extremes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I gotta love it. <laughs> All right. Um, is there anyone that that stood out to you, uh, Ben, at uh, Canton that you you think should get a shout out? Yeah, um, I'm Mike won, of course, and uh, he's seems like he's the new world champion in C1. So, of course, I'll give a shout out for him. Kudos to him for defending his title. Um, Patrick Madden, I wanted to mention him. Um, he's come a long way, uh, especially in his C1 skills. You know, he came in third. I came in second, but he came in third just a couple seconds behind me. You know, and he was honestly stronger than I was, but he's, you know, He's still learning. He's still moving up the ladder, you know, gaining those skills and gaining the, the, that race experience. But he did really, really well. You know, and it was mm-hmm. a really it was the water was high this year, and I would I would classify it as a uh, you know pretty technical course. You know, a lot of upstream technical upstream things like that. Swirly water going down. So he did really well to get on the podium. Yeah, yeah, he's nice. been doing really well this year. Yeah. yeah. We got to give a shout out to Mary too. Oh yeah. I was following this one closely, kind of wondering how it was going to play out. And and Mary edged Rebecca by, I think it was like 15 seconds or something like that. Yep. That's true. Yeah. I think that's the first time Mary won the, won the C1 race out there, out there. I I also want to give a shout out to Katie Peck, who was on one of our uh, episodes. Um, yes. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Uh, and she she uh, got up the courage to go to Canton. She was uh, t- talking to me, and she said she was scared to go to Canton. I'm like, you just got to do it. It's, it's just a great race to do. So shout mm-hmm. out to her for for going and uh, putting her hat in the ring. And uh, she did, it looked like she uh, had a pretty good day. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Come a long way since she just started marathon paddling not very long ago. So that's uh, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. she's very hardworking, ambitious. 
Well, all right, guys. Uh, that I think that that covers Canton pretty good. Why don't we hit Ross Common, uh, and then I think we're, we'll probably break it, and then we'll we'll hit a hit another episode. But um, let it, uh, tell us a little bit about Ross Common, uh, uh, Bill. Yeah, the uh, the annual Ross Common Canoe Classic, otherwise known as our version of the Classic, uh, took place there. I guess it was the. 39th i believe edition of it um saturday was a c2 race sunday was a c1 race uh there was a little bit of live coverage on the mcra facebook page social media uh big big talk was hey hey what's the water situation like um because the uh sobble in all its branches are kind of i shouldn't even say kind of they're low very low for this time of year which will We'll hit on uh, maybe in the next episode here. Um, C2 race was fantastic on Saturday. Um, the Wesley and Weston team, otherwise known as West Squared, um, <laughs> had the thing, you know, out in front of Wakeley and Mearsman until the buoy turn. You could watch the, and if you get a chance, find it and watch it. You could see the moment, like in the buoy turn, where, Jordan Wakeley is going to come alive and sure enough, he, he does. And they ended up opening up a couple minute gap on West squared um, with Medina and Carson Burmeister taking a respectable third. Um, really good race. I've had a chance to talk to a few different people that, that were there and spectated it and kind of see how it played out. Um, and, you know, it, it it's interesting. And I, I talked to Wes the other night. Um, he's very thankful that the marathon goes all down river, right? <laughs> like, uh, Ross common is extremely tough, extremely technical on the upriver portion. Uh, sounds a lot like Canton in that they, there are some really nasty corners going up, stuff like that. And I think that's where it got away from them a little bit on the up. So it'll be interesting to see how those teams pair up in a straight down river race. So it will. Um, And really, really interesting to see. And they had a lot of uh, actually a lot of out of state racers come into town for this, which was pretty awesome. Um, We saw the 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 Ryan squared, I guess. Ryan's ever Ryan Halstead. They were there fourth place. Right. Um, And then the Kyle squared. Kyle Marnar from Texas with Kyle Stonehouse (laughs) in seventh place. So it's yeah. Um, That's funny. It, it, Bill Toronto, if you're out there, we could be Bill Squared, man. Like it could happen. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But it, it's uh, that you mentioned the Ryan Squared. Um, it's interesting. I, I find it interesting. Um, they they placed fourth at Ross Common, and this is just a week after Canton, where they won. So. Um, what does that say? Does it say anything? I don't know. I don't, th- I don't know as if it does, but it, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and Ben was at Canton, so he can expand on their Canton performance. I was not at Ross Common. Um, all I can say is that that's a very talented team that I, I would not bank on them to show all their cards in their hand before they absolutely have to. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, and, and I agree. Um, but that's just, that's just 
interesting to show. Um, but it could also show the, the depth of the, the current field, too. I mean, I, 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 I'd hate to think that they just totally, you know, let her race go um, completely. You know, if they I – st- I still think that those guys that, you know, um, beat them in this race are, are plenty capable – you know, they're really great racers. I mean, we're talking Jordan. We're talking can win the marathon. Westin and Weston. Weston's always, you know, um, Westin's been doing really great past couple of years. And uh, uh, Weston's been right at the top every year, you know. Uh, and Danny Medina and Carson. I mean, we've talked about Carson in, on the show the past couple of times. Uh, he's really shown... Uh, improvement over the past year we had dan on the podcast and he's been you know we're talking these are all top caliber guys so i don't know um yeah so it'll it'll be interesting i like i said i don't i don't think it tells us we don't have enough to to make any further uh you know expound on it further than than what it is but it definitely makes for interesting races to come, I think. Yeah, a- absolutely. And Ross Common is a very tough race in that aspect. Um, it, it's a big... The, the people that are primed and peaked and ready to race now will look good. Primed, peaked, and ready to race now. That... Mm-hmm doesn't always mean that they're still going to be prime peak ready to race end of july due to burnout fatigue management things of that nature and that also doesn't mean that other people in the field won't gain ground because they're just nowhere near their peak at this point right um there it's just a going to be a long weird season to see how things play out um yeah that that was it it, it was interesting so yeah Ben, you maybe you can uh, give us your opinion on this, you know, because you're you're one of the perennials that's always at the the top of the field um, as well. So, um, what do you what do you think? How do you think so far with the results that you've seen? How how things are starting to shake up? Yeah, I mean, I'll say that you know, twenty twenty. 2020 was like a big reset switch in a way for a lot of people, you know, and, you know, and for, for, you know, for years after years building up to basically, you know, last summer, it was pretty much the same guys winning, you know, Andy Treble and Steve Lajoie and, you know, Pellerins and Canadian, there's always that strong contingent of Canadians, you know, getting top winning or getting top three, top five. But, you know, I think 2020 came along and, you know, and hit a big old, reset switch <laughs> so it's like uh, i know for a lot of people they didn't train the same way they did last summer just because there wasn't you know triple crown didn't happen um so you know going into this season it's like there's question marks everywhere so you know i know i know personally ryan zavarall he's been he's been putting the work in you know over the winter you know he trained last year you know mm-hmm. put some hours in the boat um but he came into the season, he worked hard, you know, he's been running, he's been paddling, all of that. So, you know, him and, uh, you know, Halstead, of course, he's won the marathon, so he's got, he's got the pedigree, but, but yeah, it just, there's, there's kids coming up, you know, there's Carson who, he, he came out to Canton too. He had a really good C1 race and did actually beat me in the C2 race. Um, 
So, so yeah, there's there's kids coming up who are hungry. Danny Medina's improving every year. Um, so you might see just like a kind of reordering and reshuffling of. Oh, you you you, you definitely there. yeah you definitely could see a changing of the guard. Um, at some point the the torch will be passed. Right. And the, yep. the question is going to be who is there to take the handoff? You know, is it Zav? Is it Carson? Is it is it Wakely? Is right. it Ben? Could could be Ben? Ben Schlimmer? You know okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why not you? Uh, yeah. Or or is it a is it a Canadian or a Texan that we're not even we're not even talking about? I mean that's right. Yeah, the, Can- the Canadians are, are the big question mark. It's like right, we haven't seen yeah. any, any results from him, from them this year and for last year, pretty much big part of last year. So it's like once the border opens back up, is it going to be the Canadian invasion? They just come roaring in and start winning everything again. You know? yeah. Well, <laughs> that's going to that's going to be our big one of our big topics that we discuss on the the second half of this episode um, is is about the Canadians and stuff. Um, and how that's going to shake out and stuff, but, um, but yeah, that's there's there's just I, you know what you know what's exciting me is that like I remember when uh, the I will call it the Andy uh, you know um, rain started, you could see it coming, and I, I mean I know this from the Clinton I wasn't at this point I I, I wasn't even racing at this point but I was uh, my dad was still doing the Clinton and everything and it was a couple years where he hadn't done it and we were watching the pros and he was just like man look at this Andy Trebold and then like Andy came you know went from Surge to Andy and that was the story you know now I think that you know I'm not saying that you know um it's still Andy's race if he wants to race it um these races but uh I think it's so interesting now that there's a lot of top talent up at the top you know um I don't see another you know overtly dominant force um yeah it's not like you can pick this person Right. This person's going to person. take it for the that's, next 10 years. Right. You know? That's that's yeah, that's that's going to be it. Um, you, you can't you can't really do that right now. Um, and, and, and I and I don't and I got to say this. I don't think that it's because um, the quality's not there. I think what it's the opposite. I think that there's a lot of quality out there. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um you can't even name enough names and I don't think it's wise to even start naming names um, just because you're going to miss somebody that should be in that discussion right now. Cause there's that, that many of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the, I think the, the depth is there, like you said, Kevin, and you know, and especially nowadays, if you want to call it the information age, it's like, you know, people have talent. And one of the biggest hurdles is just knowing how to train and knowing how to do the work and, Knowing that that information that some young people used to lack, because I, I know when I started out, you know, in two thousand six, two thousand seven, I was like I had to learn a lot of the stuff on my own. You know, I just went out and paddled a lot and made a lot of mistakes and you know tried to pick up information from people who would share it. But now it's like through this podcast and 
through Kevin's information on the internet and just what's generally available there coming, you know, training for other sports and stuff like that. It's like, you can, if you want to do the work and you're willing to do it, you can go out there, find what you have to do and just execute really. So, you know, I think that's a big contributing factor of the competitiveness of the race or the races nowadays where, um, you know, you have that depth in that top 10, top 15 votes where just anybody can win. Yeah, and some of it, some of it still comes even with that all that knowledge out that there. Some of it still comes with experience and time. Um, right. and we're, we're we're seeing Jordan Wakeley really take over the you know the the hype train in Michigan, right? And deservedly so. The guy is an incredible, phenomenal athlete. Um, well, on the you know to circle back to Ross Common on day two in the C one race. He's fourth place in the C1, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mike Davis, Weston Willoughby, Westine all beat him in the C1 where that technical experience and years of doing it really plays a factor. Um, and it'll take a, I think it'll take some of these younger paddlers some time to, to really develop that. That just, it'll come with experience. You can't rush yep. it. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. I think that's a, a good place we're going to call it for this edition of uh, the Canoe Race World podcast. Stay tuned, though, because we are going to be releasing the second half of this episode um, relatively quickly here. And uh, on that, we're going to touch on Texas Water Safari, um, Ed Wessels, and then we're going to get to the big conversation about the marathon. So until then, guys, keep on paddling on. Round side down, round side down. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, where we love marathon canoe racing and aren't afraid to say it. Be sure to visit the website at CanoeRaceWorld.com, and don't forget to support our sponsors who make this whole thing possible. Until next time, keep paddling. Keep paddling.